Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the American Coinop podcast, Slow Day Turnaround. I'm your host, Bruce Beggs. Today's episode, we'll look at some tactics you might try employing to pick up business on your laundry slow days. Joining me to discuss this is Kathy Neely, the founder and managing director of Spend Dr. Laundromat, an award-winning high-end full-service business in Hamilton, New Jersey that's on the cusp of a franchise launch. Kathy spent more than a decade working in corporate management at Fortune 100 companies, amassing experience in a myriad of marketing disciplines. Besides running Spin Doctor, she is an adjunct professor of business studies at Mercer County Community College and a senior SCORE U.S. Small Business Administration mentor. She holds a BA degree in biology pre-med from NYU and an MBA from Pace University, is a nationally certified medical technologist, and a non-combat veteran USNNR specializing in personnel mobilization and training. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Yes. And hi, Bruce. How are you? Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Our focus will be on the typical business lulls a self-service laundry has. Uh, But before we get started, as we're recording this, we're all dealing with a coronavirus pandemic. How can a laundry owner best position his or her business to serve customers in this new normal of social distancing and hand hygiene? It's hard to believe that it actually is the new normal. Every customer, every individual that I've run into, staff included, is um, in a somewhat of a panic, very anxious about the future. Sure. And as a result, it's been a bit of an overload for most people. That's it's on top of the culture wars and the environmental issues and the politics on top of everything else. Strangely enough, home has become the the quiet place to be, the place that they have the most control, where they don't have to be socially distanced, they don't have to wear masks, they have seventy thousand rolls of toilet paper in the house and from <laughs> Costco, and they're feeling really good. And now we're asking them to come out of that environment and someplace where again, they don't have much control over what's what's happening. And so I feel as a business owner, I need to make that their second home. They need to feel that they have the same level of comfort that um, we're taking care of them. And so we should be sourced up with the things that they're going to need to do their laundry. We should have disinfectant wipes. We should make sure that we have our place clean, that we're cleaning it very often, that our staff members have masks and gloves so that they can serve the customers safely, that we're going to take actionable measures to distance people, put signage up so that they know what to expect. And that makes it a much more comfortable experience for them all the way around. We're just handing them off from one comfort environment to another. Okay, let's look at things more traditionally now. What are the typical slow times and days for an average vended laundry? For me, and I think for many of my colleagues, it's a, a midweek it's a Wednesday, Thursday, or very early in the morning. If you open at six or seven o'clock every day, those are usually quiet times with the exception of the weekend and certainly holiday weekends, big holiday weekends like Labor Day, Memorial Day, that type of thing. I think that that's pretty much the same across the country unless you're in a vacation area. In what ways can a store owner determine his or her store's slow times or slow days, you know, beyond simply watching the customer count? Because I have a store that works on laundry carts and it's electronic, 
And in other words, all of the machines, the washers, the dryers, um, the vending machines are connected um, electronically. So I know when they they're starting and when they're stopping. I could run a number of different analyses on the system, like a, the amount of sales per hour, sales per day, week, crunch the numbers, draw up reports, and I can get a very good idea of slow times during the day or the week. I suppose if you don't have a system like that, you could potentially do collections daily and over a course of three or four weeks, they have three points of reference, three Mondays, three Wednesdays, et cetera, et cetera. I see. And uh, you can graph that out and eliminating certain holidays, you could get a, another good idea about what's happening in your, in your store. It's a little bit more labor intensive, but you could come up with pretty much the same. What type or types of promotions, Kathy, could a store owner offer to help boost business during their slow times? Quite honestly, I took my cues from some of the other stores that I visited before I opened my own. And I did notice that they were running these uh, happy hours during the week. And they could offer either discounts on their self-serve machines, or they had some type of coupon or punch card if they were doing drop-offs, giving out free detergent or vended detergent as well. I tried to do the same, certainly for the first couple of years until I got a hang of the electronic system, in which case I can now pre-program the machines to discount a dollar, 50 cents or more, or even customers' cards individually uh, to provide a discount. So time of day plays a big part in what you just talked about. Uh, having the technology available, you're able to focus specifically on that certain hour in the afternoon when things are slow and discount all of your machines, you know, automatically. It's true. As a matter of fact, um, what I do is I call it my Club Wednesday because we have a, a party, so to speak, with discounts. And it runs from the time the store opens to maybe mid-afternoon, about 3 o'clock every single Wednesday. Okay. And, in fact, I don't even promote it in the newspapers or on Facebook. It's sort of like an insider thing. So you'll have customers come up to one another and say, do you know what she does in, you know, in the middle of the week? You should come on Wednesdays. That's when the rest of us are here. <laughs> and so it's a little bit of a click. Getting back to the advances in laundry equipment and using some of the systems that are out there, uh, they can help you a great deal in not only putting a campaign together, but really kind of tracking it and seeing how one thing works while maybe something else doesn't. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, it took a little uh, trial and error. Mm -hmm. to try to figure out what would work. Uh, once I recognized that I could discount the machines at certain hours, I, at one point I was discounting maybe just the large ones on certain days so I could generate a little bit more traffic on them, get people to, to know how, how they worked and, and give them a try instead of you know, maybe doing all of the little ones. And uh, so I can, I can change the mix. We've had some free breakfasts at the, the laundromat. And so for people who were nice enough to show up, I may for just an hour or two put the machines on discount or put certain machines on discount or all the dryers for free. 
it's just a trial and error to see what works and who's going to respond to it. And then what I would do is if I'm looking at the number of maybe cards dispensed or the number of starts of the machine before and after, mm, okay. I can see whether or not I've gotten a little bit of an uptick in the number of customers that have come through. Let's talk about marketing specifically. What kind of methods do you think are most effective for informing customers or potential customers when you've got specials or promotions? As much as I am weary of social media, I, I think that for me now is the biggest part of, of my marketing mix. I pretty much force myself at least once a week to post something. And the, and the COVID situation, by the way, gives me more of an excuse to put fact-checked information online that I think would be helpful to the customers, such as how long does the virus stay on my clothes? Can I use bleach or detergent to remove some of these articles? Am I bringing them home type of thing? I've used that as a means of, of communicating to the customers and to provide coupons for them if they're willing to venture out and, and use them. And I can get pretty much immediate feedback with the likes and comments. Are there certain types of media you prefer? Uh, Facebook, for example, Twitter, whatever the case may be? I use Facebook and Yelp primarily. Yelp, okay. I know that a, a lot of people do use Yelp. I'm kind of old school, so I'm, yeah, I'm still looking for the Yellow Pages. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, so I have to try to wean myself off of that. But sure. the Yelp provides me the opportunity to do what they call check-in offers. at a, Almost at a moment's notice, I can put a Yelp check-in offer, which means that they have a certain amount of time to check into the store and okay. use the coupon. And I can use that for a free wash or free dry or something to that effect. And then there's Yelp deals, which work pretty much like Groupon. So the customer will buy the deal online and then come in with the coupon. Okay. or the indication on their phone that they have purchased it so that they can use it. I do have an Instagram account, but I don't post very much. So I would say those three. Are there things a laundry owner can do uh, completely unrelated to laundry itself to boost business? I hear there's a couple of out-of-the-box ideas that I've either done or suggested to other people. So for example, if you're a member of a chamber of commerce, okay. you can offer to host a breakfast meeting. I pretty much guarantee you at least one or two of the persons that attend would say, oh, gee, I never really realized how nice this place is. And, or my boss could use a laundry service, do you do shirts or something to that effect or refer some member of their family. So it almost always pays for itself and it's pretty easy to set up. I'm really big on working with charities. So inviting them over, schools over, the local high schools, middle schools have the kids do what they call life skills training. And they'll come through early in the morning or even in midday and they'll walk around the store and you show them how to fold clothes, how to start the machines. And they tell their families. There's quite a bit of a movement for literacy programs with children. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we have a small play area, a dedicated play area, and we keep books in there. I have had people come in and read to the children, 
teachers, someone from the local public library. Oh, really? Okay. You can come over and you can ask them whether or not they will read to the children and you can promote that. The children will come certainly with their their parents or the, their guardians. And then the guardians get to see the place. The kids are happy. Right. And they've learned something and you've provided a valuable service to the community. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. Before we wrap up this episode, Kathy, is there anything else you'd care to add about generating additional laundry business during the slow times? Uh, don't be afraid to try something new and don't give up on the new thing right away. You really need to develop some type of traction with the, with the program. People will come up with this great idea and maybe two people show up, three people go up and they, and they throw their hands up and it's over. It takes a lot of effort to build awareness that you're going to have the event. So one thing you need to do is start early, three, four months before and keep seeding people. I'm going to have this, this is coming up, you know, be, be aware of it, the sending out the emails, constant contact I've used in the past to get mailings out and also promote an event. And at the time of the event, you know, be very observant, take notes of how people are reacting to it, keep trying it. Do it for at least a month, do it for at least two months and make sure you have a benchmark of what it was like before, how many people you've got during the event. And if it seems like you're getting a reasonable uptick in customers, make sure you do the math. Maybe I got one or two people, but is it really paying for the product that I'm putting out or the, the donuts that I put out, what have you. Make sure you have all your supplies, Make sure it's it's repeatable. The timing is good for everyone. Make sure you promote it and don't tweak it so much that people are going to say, oh, it's not what it used to be. You need to be consistent. You know, it sounds to me like communication is a big part of gaining more business when times are slow. Trying new things and tracking and paying attention to how your customer base is receiving them. All those things go together in an attempt to generate more business when times are slow. Very true. And, and by the way, I don't ignore the print media. I use that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of really good local publications that have sections that, are, that highlight certain industries in the neighborhood, um, different, different charities, different services. And uh, definitely take advantage of them, make, build a relationship with the account managers of these magazines. And um, they will do a lot for you. You get a big bag for your buck. Well, great. Kathy Neely, founder and managing director of Spend Dr. Laundromat. Thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the American Coin Op Podcast. You're very, very welcome and you be safe. The American Coin Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. Music is written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com, and you can consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter, to learn about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Coin Op Podcast, this is Bruce Beggs, saying your cycle is up. <laughs>